0: Hey what's going on guys? It's your boy Christian Israel and you are tuning in to the new Creation Podcast episode 3. It is March 26, 2020 and we are ready to go. There's so many things going on right now in this country and world. We got the digital coin for uh, the United States. We have uh COVID-19 and how that's affecting the world, but More importantly, we have the story of the day, which deals with the fourth industrial revolution, the IMF, XRP, and the digital currency, what all that has to do together. So thank you guys for tuning in today. Please don't forget to like, follow, and subscribe. Share this podcast. Hit me up on Twitter, at New Creation Cap. And I appreciate you guys for tuning in today. Let's jump into the story.
1: One of the main topics up there was cryptocurrencies and all sorts of companies now getting to this effort, not least among them
2: Facebook. What kind of threat does this pose to the traditional banking system?
1: Well, I think it's you have incumbents, the banks, commercial banks, and you have the disruptors. And clearly the disruptors are having an impact on the incumbents. We just heard a very large uh, systemic bank here saying that they're launching their digital coin uh, currently piloted in a way uh, within the institutional clients, but to be scaled beyond that. We heard from the European Central Bank that they uh, they have launched in November something that is called TIPS, that enables all the banks in the Eurozone to actually transfer instantly at virtually no cost Uh, money between them. So I think that the role of the disruptors and anything that is using distributed ledger technology, whether you call it crypto assets, currencies or whatever, and it's far from the bitcoins that we used to talk about a year ago, that is clearly shaking the system. Uh, The voice that we heard, which was, I thought, really interesting, uh, were those of the, the regulators and central bank governors who said, well, yes, this is good and this is helpful, and it is changing the business model of commercial banks. But we have to be mindful of two things, trust and stability of the system. And we are equally concerned, we are at the IMF, about stability. We don't want innovation that would shake the system so much that we would lose the stability that is needed. And are regulators and doing enough right now to ensure that stability and, and as well competition from some of these big tech companies being involved in this space? You know, I think they're mindful of wherever the competition is coming from. Uh, the central bank governor of Kenya was explaining to us that they gave a banking license to a telecom company. Uh, and I think in the future, uh, we have to look at what lots of data collectors and movers are going to do and whether they're going to move into the banking space Forcefully, in which case they will have to be regulated. They will have to be held accountable so that they can be fully trusted. Madame Lagarde, I know you have a tight schedule. Thank you for joining us here on Facebook Live. We always love to have you, and our viewers are certainly happy to see you back with us. Thanks so much.
0: So, welcome to episode three, guys. As I said, we're going to dive into the IMF. Christine Lagarde, and what that leads to. This might be a, a, a two-part or a three-part one. I don't want to make the podcast too long, so I try to keep them to around 30 minutes. So what I want to focus on is kind of a follow-up on what we just spoke about in the past two episodes. The first one was the, second one was the banks, and the first one prior to that was the stimulus bill about the digital dollar and everyone receiving a digital wallet here in the United States. Um, a lot of people are caught off guard by this. However, if you have been doing your research or you just listen to other podcasts besides this one, because this is still new, you know this has been in the works. And so what you just listened to in that intro was a young lady, a grown woman, by the name of Christine Lagarde, who is the IMF Managing Director. So first off, you need to know who, who the uh, International Monetary Fund is the IMF, okay? Who they are, so let's talk about them real quick. When you do a quick Wikipedia search, The IMF or the International Monetary Fund is an international organization that's headed in Washington DC that consists of 189 countries working to foster global monetary cooperation. Their job is to secure financial stability, facilitate international trade, promote high employment, sustainable economic growth, reduce poverty around the world while deepening or while depending on the World Bank as its resource, so they are kind of, the best way to say is the world bank that kind of looks over everything, okay? Um, They have been in the works to kind of just sit back and they're like the last level of bailout. Their job is to kind of look over everybody, you know, promote monetary cooperation. That means get all the banks on one page, okay? So, as you see here, she's talking about, she's in Davos, and that's April 10th, 2019. And here, listen to this real quick one more time, that little intro.
1: Well, I think it's, you have incumbents, the banks, commercial banks, and you have the disruptors. And clearly the disruptors are having an impact on the incumbents.
0: So the disruptors, okay, on the incumbents. The incumbents are the banks, right? So who are the disruptors? So that's cryptocurrencies. Bitcoin, um, what she mentions in another interview about shadow banking, right? That's the cryptocurrency market where we can move money. Across And so what about shadow banking here? Let's have her listen to another interview that she's actually in 2016. OK, um, back it up to April 8, 2016. She's on CBS this morning. So the first one was in Davos in 2019. And she mentions here about a disruption. So I'm going to kind of play clips back and forth for you. So listen to this one. Need for banks to be broken up. You know, I would be more concerned about the
1: non-bank financial institutions at the moment. So I know there is a lot of focus right. on banks and how they should be broken up. I think a lot of work has already been done into being able to resolve them if they fail to deliver. But there is a lot of financial Uh, transactions happening outside the banks. And shadow banking. Yes, absolutely. And there is good shadow banking, there is bad shadow banking. But I think that what matters is that this shadow banking sector has to be supervised, has to be regulated, so that the trust that most people have in the banking institutions, in the financial sector in general, be protected. Let's talk about the health of the global economy. I know you
0: said in a speech this week that it's facing increased risk and uncertainty and that we are on alert. So right here, again, she talks about the shadow banking and how there's good shadow banking and bad shadow banking. I'm not really sure what good shadow banking is, but apparently bad shadow banking, they keep saying cryptocurrency, Bitcoin is bad, right? That's kind of what they do. But this is in 2016 where she's already talking about the instability of the global economy. And I want to see where this goes. So why don't you take a listen to the rest of this interview? What worries you? What worries me is that weak is
1: too fragile and weak is, and growth is at risk. It's at risk because you have the combination of uh, Chinese uh, slowing down, legitimately so, but slowing down. You have low commodity prices, and we think for much longer. And third, you have financial tightening caused by the different monetary policies that are being used around the world between the Fed, the Bank of Japan and the ECB. And that produces tightening of financing and variation of uh, currencies which are hurting. So the combination of the three are exposing a fragile
0: week, a fragile growth at the moment. Are you worried? So at the moment, 2016, she's worried about financial growth. Everything is beginning to slow down. So again, Ms. Christine Lagarde is the head of the Monetary Fund, right? International. So, their job is to make sure all the banks are growing and that economic growth across the world is going in the right direction. So, four years ago, she was worried about something happening. There was also a little nugget in there. She said, We're here to step in if the banks fail. Hmm. So, let's continue the rest of that. We're worried about the Chinese growth. I'm not worried about
1: it because I believe that 6.5 percent is nothing to be ashamed of. Which is part of our five-year plan. it is lower than what uh, we have experienced with uh, China over the years. So it is slowing down. It is moving from manufacturing, a certain kind of manufacturing, to more services, moving from exports to more domestic markets. And it is changing in terms of monetary policy and uh, exchange currency regime. So all of that combined is an incredible uh, shift. To, you know organize manage and for people to anticipate so we're not worried we don't think that there will be any hard landing as has been sometimes feared
0: but equally uh, it's it's a big big change I mean, so there she's saying china is beginning to change how they move their economy around how they move their currency exchanges think for moving internationally to domestic so this is 2016 right there's no trade talks going on Trump's not in the office yet Um, he doesn't get elected until another six months seven months from now right so she her job is to plan and see the future okay so at this time Bitcoin has not gone on its run yet it was just the beginning of the bull market actually for the cryptocurrency market the bull market is just starting it's kind of moving along, kind of where it is right now. The having is not taking place yet. So it's moving along. So I want to go back because right here, she's a little nervous um, about what's going on. So let's fast forward to three years from this point. Okay, Again, this this specific episode is a, to concentrate on the words by Christine Lagarde, the head of the IMF. So here's a speech that she gives at the New World of Finance, okay? Um, It's a a conference that took place in April 3rd, 2019. This conference is based on global growth is slowing is kind of what she says here. And the world's economy is at a delicate moment. So that's kind of her focus is the delicate moment at the US Chamber of Commerce. So let's see what she has to say here.
1: Let me begin first of all by giving you this um, global economic weather map. A year ago, I told the finance ministers and central bank governors, borrowing from another American president, John Fitzgerald Kennedy, it is when the sun is shining that you have to fix the roof. Six months later, I pointed to clouds of risks on the horizon. And today, if you ask me, the weather is increasingly unsettled, and indeed, the global economy is at a delicate moment. Only two years ago, 75% of the global economy experienced an upswing. So it was a synchronized growth acceleration. For this year, we expect, not 75, but 70% of the global economy to experience a slowdown in growth. Exactly the opposite of what we had. But, just to be clear, we do not see a recession in the near term. In fact, we expect some pick-up in growth in the second half of 2019 and into 2020. What's happened to global growth? Well, it has been slowing largely because of rising trade tensions and financial tightening in the second half of 2018.
0: But the- so she just said that in 2019, that it's just now slowing down. That's not what she said in the the original interview that I just played for you that back and here. Everything for much longer.
1: And third, you have financial tightening caused by the different monetary
0: policies that are being used around the world between the Fed, the Bank of Japan and the ECB. And that... There's that, that was from 2016. Again, financial tightening, it's the same exact thing that she just said three years prior. So if she thought it was slowing down then, now three years ago, three years later, almost to the date, she is worried about it even more. She says a delicate moment, but then she's expecting an uptick. Let's continue to listen.
1: Again, to be clear, the expected rebound in global growth later this year, and into early 2020 is precarious. Why is that? Because it is vulnerable
0: to downside risks. Because it is vulnerable to downside risks. So she's saying we expect it, but it's not looking so good to the end of 2019 into early 2020, now prior. Now keep this in mind, This is there was no COVID-19 virus moving around right apparently the economy was great it's bumping up it's the best we've ever seen not just here but worldwide that's kind of the movement everyone's putting their money in the stock market it's going highs 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 well she says right there eh, she's worried let's continue to listen why is
1: that because it is vulnerable to downside risks including Country-related uncertainties such as Brexit, for instance, and broader uncertainties such as high debt in some sectors, in some countries, tensions around trade policy, and a sense of unease in financial markets.
0: Right there, she says debt, which if you know about our country, we're in a whole bunch of debt, and we just doubled our debt. Really just doubled our debt with the six million, with a six trillion dollar. A stimulus package that's insane. Like we just printed money with quantitative easing, which we talked about uh, yesterday, right? So she's—you have the Brexit, which has already been completed now. Tensions around the trade policies, which we have the—you know—the New Mexico or the the Mexico Canada American trade deal, right? And a sense of unease in the financial markets. Okay, again, this is a year ago. Why is there an unease in the financial markets when people said, "Oh"? The stock market just crashed out of nowhere. It's because of COVID-19. Is it really? Because this is the person that's head of the IMF saying there's unease in the financial markets, right? There's unease in the financial markets. There's unease and there's uncertainty. There's high death in some sectors, in some countries, right? Let's jump back in. In
1: some sectors, in some countries, tensions around trade policy and a sense of Unease in financial markets. For example, should there be a sharper than expected tightening of financial conditions?
0: If- what is a sharper than expected financial um, conditions? Because she's been saying financial conditions have been tightening now for three years at this point. So she keeps pushing that narrative. So something's going on. And again, her job is to make sure everything runs smoothly around the world right that's what she's supposed to do so just keep that in mind she's already mentioned the trades in two separate interviews over three years she's already mentioned the tightening of financial markets in two separate interviews over three years so let's listen in financial markets for
1: example should there be a sharper than expected tightening of financial conditions it could create serious challenges for many governments and companies around the world in terms of refinancing and debt service, particularly those that have borrowed in non domestic currencies, which could ampl- amplify exchange rate movements and financial market corrections. Whoop! Ha <laughs>
0: ha! Did you hear that? I'll play that for you one more time.
1: Particularly those that have borrowed in non domestic currencies which could amplify exchange rate movements and financial market corrections.
0: Okay, so what is the dominant currency around the world? That is the dollar bill, the U.S. dollar. That means it runs kind of the world right now. That's what makes the U.S. the most powerful financial country on Earth, right? But then she said, that it would amplify exchange rate movements and financial market corrections. That's talk for a market change, a crash. What a correction is, is that a market has, so over the last 11 years, we've had what's called a bull market. If you don't know what a bull market is, that means it's going up, 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 up. Since 2008, the the last recession, right, the last correction was in 2008. We've gone on basically a parabolic, that means just straight up, with no backing. So for instance, the best way I like to say is if you continually put air in a tire, eventually it's going to burst because that tire has to let go a little air to continue to do. But if you keep pumping air into it, the tire tube pops. And that's what a financial market correction is. The is is when does it correct? And cryptocurrency, we know that Bitcoin has 30, 40, 50% corrections in the middle of a bull run. So when we went from $1,500 in 2017 to two to twenty grand in December of 2017, there were still 40% pullbacks during that time. But that's what makes it healthy, right? That's what makes you take a breath. As a runner, for instance, if you just run for millions and millions and millions of minutes, you're going to drop dead. You have to take a break. You got to breathe. You got to control your breathing. So... Basically, borrowing money and borrowing money and borrowing money and taking that borrowed money and putting it back in the stock market and pumping itself, buybacks pumping itself, it's eventually going to pop. And right there, she's saying, which would amplify exchange rate movements. Exchange rate. So right now, our interest rate is negative to keep your money in the banks. Now they're charging you to keep your monies because the exchange rate is moving. So, and financial market correction. This is a year ago. Let's listen some more
1: particularly those that are borrowed in non-domestic currencies, which could amplify exchange rate movements and financial market corrections. So indeed, it is a delicate moment in and of itself, and it requires a delicate mix of policies. In other words, it should be handled with care, which means avoiding policy missteps and making sure
0: that we adopt the right policies. All right. She just said, in other words, it should be handled with care, which means avoiding policy missteps and making sure that we adopt the right policies. Back it up more. Right before that she said, so indeed it is a delicate moment in of itself. It requires a delicate mix of policies. So her job is to be like the ultimate politician with the banks and the countries to make sure we're all on the same page because all the banks and all the countries around the world are up to their heads in debt. And as we speak right now, the whole world is in a market correction. So before I move on, my first question is, was it COVID-19 that caused this market correction? This crash of 20%? No, it was coming a long time ago. We've been waiting for it. In fact, as I've said before, I told friends and family to sell their stock in January because I thought it was gonna pop in six or seven months, but it just did it already. The excuse was COVID-19. I mean, I don't have feelings about any certain politician or the way governments work in a sense. That's not my job. This is not a political podcast. But how do you fix debt by throwing more money at it? That's like, again, taking, I have student loans. So if I have $150,000 in student loans, I take out another $150,000 loan to pay off that $150,000 loan. And then when I get in debt, I take out another $150,000 loan to, to pay that loan off. So in reality, I'm actually paying more every time. I'm never going to get out of debt that way. It's like a credit card, right? They say to get good credit, you got to go in debt. Keep 30% of debt on a credit card so you can get good credit. That makes no sense. That's our financial market. So she's saying delicate movement in itself. It requires a delicate mix of policies. What are those policies? What are those policies? requires a delicate mix of policies.
1: In other words, it should be handled with care. Which means avoiding policy missteps and making sure that we adopt the right policies at this delicate moment. Let us see if together we are also able to produce something that will be worth being remembered. Thank you. Did you hear that? Play that one more time. At this delicate moment, let us see if together we are also able to produce something that will be worth being remembered.
0: Thank you. Worth being remembered. Produce something that is worth being remembered. Together. That's the whole world, all the banks together doing something. So when this stimulus bill came out on, uh, what is it? Probably Sunday night, Monday, really, when we saw it. And now the digital dollar, which I'm not going to talk about it as much in this episode because it now has its own bill, right? It literally has its own bill. So it was, let's see here. Uh, it's now bill 2049, 2449, and it's called the Banking for All Act, okay? And that's it's no longer in the stimulus package. The digital dollar with everyone gets digital wallets, which we talked about, where everyone will use Fed accounts. Um, is all together now um, in its own bill. So what is a Fed account? Because if you have a digital dollar, a digital currency, which we talked about, if you don't know, go back to episode one, okay? And I'll go break that down. But in Bloomberg opinion, they kind of put something out there today talking about what the Fed accounts are, okay? Fed accounts would reduce the likelihood of future financial crises. So right now, they are trying to reduce what we're going in right now. Um, A digital dollar would also preserve the dollar's status at the dominant global currency. So the Fed still wanna main the dollar and they want to make the fiat, the US fiat still dominant because that's what makes us powerful. So they're trying to do the Fed accounts, its own thing on its own distributed ledger. And that's kind of how they wanna do it. But where did this Fed accounts thing come from? Did it come out of the blue? Did it come out of the blue? Well, if we back up, to that original thing I played for you on April 10, 2019. Now, I hope you're following me because I know this is a lot of information on one small subject, but this is going to lead us into um, what, again, next is the next episode. I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, liquidity and what XRP is, okay, and what it does because of what she says here. So, I'm going to back this up to her. Disruptors like cryptocurrencies are current are clearly shaking the system. So that's the interview that we heard right at the beginning of this. So um, I'm going to play that again.
1: You have incumbents, the banks, commercial banks, and you have the disruptors. And clearly the disruptors are having an impact on the incumbents. We just heard a very large uh, systemic bank here saying that they're launching their digital coin. Uh, currently piloted in a way uh, within the institutional clients,
0: but to be scaled beyond that. So she just said, (laughs) we're dealing with the large bank that has created their own digital coin to be scaled on a larger factor. She doesn't mention them though. Here's your Fed accounts. Who's the large bank that she mentioned first? That's America, that's the US. That's the Fed Counts, this is April 10th, 2019. This is seven days after she just said to to the world, at the U.S. Commerce Conference, right, the world that it's a delicate moment. We need to work together. So who is the leader of money right now in the world? It's America. It is America, the USA. We are great, America is great, we are great for a lot of reasons. I won't go into that, however, We lead. Ever since World War II, we have become a global power, right? And ever since the gold standard, we've moved to the dollar. And the dollar with the oil market, right, has made us powerful, okay? So that's the Fed account she's referring to, the U.S. payment system. So let's listen a little bit deeper now that we know a little bit more.
1: We heard from the European Central Bank that they they have launched in November something that is called TIPS, that enables all the banks in the Eurozone to actually transfer instantly at virtually no cost uh,
0: money between them. So I think. So tips is just for the European Central Bank, right? They launched something that makes them move money between each other. Let's go back to that Bloomberg opinion article where it talks about Fed accounts. It says Fed accounts would also make the U.S. payment system faster and more efficient because all payments would be between the accounts would clear in real time. That means as as clear as you hear my voice, it's as fast as you'll get your money, right? That they would enhance the central bank's ability to manage the economy. So right now, we know that the central bank, the Chinese bank, I mean, sorry, the the European central bank, our Federal Reserve, the China bank, and all the major ones are going to have their own distributed ledger that moves money between people. But something has to connect all the banks around the world because different technologies got to move within their banking system. But what moves between our banking system and the world, cross-border payments, what's going to connect those? That's where XRP comes in. But I'll talk about that later. But you see how she mentioned the European Bank, but she didn't mention America, the big bank. Let's continue.
1: the the role of the disruptors and anything that is using distributed ledger technology, whether you call it crypto assets, currencies or whatever. And it's far from the bitcoins that we used
0: to talk about a year ago. And it's far from the bitcoins. So she's not talking about Bitcoin, right? But she's not mentioning what she's talking about. So obviously, there is a cryptocurrency, as she said, digital asset, crypto asset, whatever you want to call it, right? She said, that's going to connect everything. One coin. And so that's obviously not decentralized. Bitcoin is decentralized. So she's talking about one centralized coin on a distributed ledger. We'll get into that in the next episode when I talk about XRP. But she obviously has something in mind that started at least three years ago. Again, her job is to connect all the banks in the world. And she says, yeah, cryptocurrencies are shaking the system, but we already got a plan. The banks actually showed us their plan. Let's see what else.
1: That is clearly shaking the system. Uh, The voice that we heard, which was, I thought, really interesting, uh, were those of the, the regulators and central bank governors who said, well, yes, this is good and this is helpful, and it is changing the business model of commercial banks. But we have to be mindful of two things, trust and stability of the system.
0: So they have to be mindful of trust and stability of the system, and that's where the IMF comes in. Their job is to make sure, again, we're all connected. So whatever delicate moment and right policies she is creating, right, has to connect. So we got the talk of one bank, America. Then you've got ECB. And then you've got China. She's mentioned all those banks. So what is going to connect those, right? The fact that we know that the comptroller, based on the episode one, right? Used to work for Coinbase and now was with the treasury. These are all connecting. Are you seeing the dots a little bit? Well, we're going to break this down over multiple episodes for you because it's important to see this because they're saying January 1st, 2021, everyone's going to have a digital wallet. They're going to try this thing out. This has been planned. This bubble has been has, has been planned. That's why they're pumping money into it because they know it's going to wipe out $6 trillion is nothing because they're going to ready to be out of debt. U.S. dollars is still going to work here as a currency, but then they're going to have one digital currency that helps the whole world. The banks in itself in between are going to work between their countries. The U.S. is going to have their own People to -to peer-to-peer payment system, but what's going to make the world go round? She mentioned Bitcoin because that's what kind of clicked for everybody and what got it started right after this recession in 2008. But what is going to help us in 2020? And that's what we're going to go into the next episode. So right now, what I want you to do is not only hit that like button if you like this episode or share this episode, and let me know what you think about the IMF or Christine Lagarde. What questions do you guys have? Is there something that you know that I don't know? Maybe you want to let the listeners know. So this is only the beginning, but this started a long time ago. They were ready for this bubble pop. What do you think about it? Shoot me some questions. Shoot me some answers. Shoot me some information. So just thank you so much for listening to this section. That's the end of this section. And man, that's definitely a new you with new money. That's definitely a new future that's been planned. And it's a new creation, a new creation of a digital dollar. All right, guys. Well, that's it. Thanks for listening to episode three. I hope you really enjoyed what was was this digital dollar plan part one. Remember, there's going to be a part two and a part three, possibly a part four. We're diving in. Um, I hope you really enjoyed it. But before we go, let's go ahead and dive into what happened in the stock market today. Let's see. The S&P 500 was finished up 1.15% at 2475. The NASDAQ actually finished down 1.11%. So that's a little volatility there. The volatility index is up 3.7%. So today it's up and down for both of them. Gold is down 0.78%. Currently at $1,600. At the time of recording, Uh, We have Bitcoin is up over the 24-hour period by 0.6%, sitting at $6,707. Ethereum is down 1.7%, sitting at $136.88. And XRP is down 0.39%, sitting at 0.16. That's the easier way to say it, right? So, right now things are calm, but I'm not, this is not financial advice. There's a big move on the way. So, make sure you get all that under control. Um, I just want to thank you guys for listening. Please don't forget to subscribe, follow, uh, like, share, you know, do that social media thing. Um, Also, um, if you guys are interested in knowing more, shoot me some questions. If you guys know more about the topics we're talking about or there's a topic you want to hear, um, or, or for me to discuss, why don't you shoot shoot it out to me? Hit me up on Twitter at New Creation Cap, um, and I'll try to get back to you as soon as I can. I love the interaction. Before we close, though, I want to leave you. As you guys know, I'm a believer, and at every episode, I want to make sure I just give you a little words, uh, 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 a little word from the word. Right? Today's word is from Philippians four, which is chapter four, and it starts at first four, first verse four. And it goes like this. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all people. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in the Messiah Yeshua. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is condemnable. If there is any virtue and if there is anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, put these things into practice and the God of Shalom or the God of peace will be with you. Thank you guys for tuning in. Remember, Right now, we don't know what tomorrow brings. We just know how to focus on right now. So focus on right now. And for me, I focus on the peace of God. I let him know where my heart is and where I feel and my anxiety, my hopes, my dreams, my fears. I talk to him. So let your prayer be known. Whatever you choose to believe in again, I don't push my beliefs on you. Just know that there's nothing we can control. We can only control our actions and take our own thoughts captive and move forth to tomorrow. So was this digital dollar planned? We'll see. But for right now, what we do know is plan is that we are breathing, we're living, and most of us are able to eat. So focus on the positives right now. Don't focus on the coronavirus and any of these other things, because in the moment, that doesn't matter. We'll look back on this when we get through it and say, man, that was a crazy time. But for now, while you're home, while you're locked down, focus on your friends your family and your faith. Thank you guys for listening. Again, this is a new you, a new future, and a new creation. Thanks for listening to the podcast, guys. Have a great day.
2: Every heart has an atmosphere. I I wonder today, what is the atmosphere of your heart? Can I tell you that nothing good develops in an atmosphere of anxiety? Nothing. And Jesus said, whether you're thinking about a farmer and the soil, that's the atmosphere of the earth or a storm in the sky. You got to learn how to take command of the atmosphere of your heart. Because here's what's happening. You're creating an atmosphere of anxiety all around you because there's an atmosphere of anxiety within you. You're taking it out on people and you're frustrated with people and you're short with people and you're withdrawn from people and you're blaming people. But you got to get up and wake up your faith, Peter. Jesus said, you see what I did? Now you do it. Speak, speak, awaken your brave within. So so here's what I do. You want to know what I do? You want to know what I do? Check this out. When the wave started in my life. First thing I do, I breathe physically. Some of y'all are like, yes, the breath of God. No, no, just I physically breathe. (laughs) Do it now. You feel it? Do it again, do it again. They've suggested that the reason the Hebrew name of God is Yahweh is because the very name sounds like a breath, Yahweh so that when you breathe every breath is a prayer reminding you that he's inside of you sustaining just here comes the waves but I know how to breathe let everything that has breath praise the Lord so I breathe in his grace and then I can breathe out